podcast where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Matt Graham. Coach Graham is an assistant coach at the University of Dallas. We talked to him today about being demanding without being demeaning, about learning how to embrace criticism, being a survivor, and how to make everyone around you better. I hope you enjoy this podcast and look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Mike, thanks for having me. And uh, I'm really excited to uh, converse with you and share uh, what I can. And more importantly, I'm, I'm excited that uh, I finally got introduced to the uh, Chicago Bulls uh, intro music <laughs> for once in my life. Yeah, man. You know, you're the you're the first person that's made any kind of uh, or acknowledged <laughs> that. Uh, you know, I grew up a Bulls fan. Michael Jordan is still my guy, even though he doesn't think Steph Curry's a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, in that that intro to the uh, who was it? Uh, Pink Floyd. And uh, man, that 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 does it for me. Every time I hear it, I get excited. But yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I put a lot of thought into that. Quite honestly, I, I figured you and you and I are pretty close in age. You know, we came up during the you know the the three the three Pete and then yeah. uh, Michael's return and another three Pete. Yeah, so, yeah, no, good times, man. Good times. Yeah, man. So, Coach, uh, I'm so glad to have you on. Thank you for taking the time and making the time. I know you've you've probably had a good long day, and so have I. But you know, I'm glad we were able to to to, to get this done. So, Coach, Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off like I do every podcast. And how were you introduced to the game of basketball coming out of Silverdale, Washington? <laughs> uh, I was introduced to the game because uh, my dad was actually a high school coach. All right. And- I basically grew up in his gym and uh, I was around the game at a very, very young age. And, uh, you know, it's funny when I was, uh, when I look back and other kids in, in my neighborhood were maybe running around uh, pretending or wanting to be, you know, policemen, firemen, astronauts. I typically had a whistle around my neck oh, and, wow. Yeah. And I remember, uh, the house uh, that I lived in until I was about six years old, uh, had a big kind of open living room area. And, and I used to, uh, have pretend basketball games in there where my couch was my bench and, uh, I'm coaching players, you know, imaginary players in my living room. Awesome. So, um, you know, it's all, it's always been there and it's always been a passion. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I don't know exactly I can't pinpoint exactly what it was that uh, made me fall in love with it. I think it was just, again, the the proximity to it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's something beautiful about the game of basketball when, when yeah. it's well played that uh, I think, you know, you've experienced that in your career too. That uh, It's just, it, it's almost like music, yeah. you know, when yeah. it's played well, it really is a, a gorgeous thing to, to be a part of. You're talking about flow. And, uh, you kind of like, you can, you can, uh, relate to this, the being in the zone, uh, people don't use that term too often anymore, but, uh, it's just a zone you get into. I'm a musician as well. So I know exactly what you're saying in that 
to that degree as well. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. What I, do you play, Mike? I play the drums. I play the guitar somewhat. I try to play the guitar, I guess you could say. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm but I, I'm I, but I'm a great drummer. I've been playing since I was four years old, so I'm pretty good at it. You're kidding me. Yeah. I I knew I liked you for a reason. I'm a drummer as well. <laughs> there How about you go. that? <laughs> All right, <laughs> man. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll get together one day, man, and just uh, we'll do some kind of you know Phil Collins Genesis type deal where we got I'm two, down. two drummers. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was talking with one of my players the other day, and he uh, I shared with him a little bit more about me and and i said i know you probably don't know this but you know i'm a musician I, you know i started on piano and uh, i played all the brass instruments and and uh played drums since a young age and he asked me he says what's your favorite i said i love the drums yeah and he says why and i said you know it's a lot like uh the reason why i love coaching is i love to be the connector the the glue yeah. The, you know, the driving force the heartbeat. to kind of keep every, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, I don't necessarily have to be out in front, you know, I don't have yeah. to be seen, yeah. but, uh, I'm, I'm the driving force behind what's going on. That's a great way to put it coach. And that's, uh, I don't know. I, I there's too much I could say about that. Cause I just, I full <laughs> you've got my full agreement with that. I think that's yeah. great. That's good stuff, coach. So well, there's co- so many parallels yeah. between music and, and sport. There really for is. Sure, for you know? sure. Uh, everybody's, you know, if you're not on the same page, uh, musically, it sounds terrible. And if you're not <laughs> on the same page athletically, it looks yeah. awful. And, you know, yeah. you're just not going to accomplish what you need to get done. And, you know, you put a group of people together uh, towards a common goal in, in both, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, there's uh I, when I do train players, which I, I don't ever consider myself some trainer, player development guy, but there's that component that we all have to have, right? So I talk to my players all the time about creating rhythm uh, because oh, yeah. kids are so rhythmic-oriented now, uh, muscle mm-hmm. memory, you know, all that stuff, right, you know, physiologically. And so I say, you know, create the rhythm like a drummer. Watch, look, do, 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 and I start doing and they just look at me like sideways, like, what's wrong with you, coach? But that's just, you know, that's who I am, man. But, but that, uh, that's stuff that's going to stick with them. Yeah. You know, you, you, and, and the title of your podcast, The Creative Coaching, you know, that's creative to me. Yeah, that, definitely. That's thinking outside the box and, yeah. and doing something different that, that's going to, I say it's sticky, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's going to stick with those kids. Definitely, coach. I, I appreciate you saying that, too. So, coach. What was your playing experience like uh, coming up? I was a terrible player. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I, I, I was I was okay. Um, yeah, the mind was uh, was there. The body wasn't willing, if it will, if you will. I wasn't the most athletic guy. I was I was usually two or three steps behind. But you know what kept me in the game was the fact that. Uh, I had high basketball IQ and, um, you know, I tried to do some of the little things that we as coaches value, you know, the taking charges and, you know, getting skinned up knees and that kind of stuff. And, um, but, uh, you know, I played through high school and had the opportunity to play division three basketball uh, in the Pacific Northwest. And I passed on it 
to be a manager at uh, Washington State for Kelvin Sampson. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I knew the stories behind, um, um, you know, some, some of the coaches at the college level that had been managers. Um, uh, Rick Majerus was the big one that, that I figuratively and literally, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that he was a manager for Al McGuire at Marquette and, and still, you know, was head coach of Utah. Um, and, and so I chose to do that. And, you know, I, I won't say I regret it, uh, but I do, you know, I look back and I was like, man, what, what if I would have played uh, at the collegiate level? I mean, it sure would have been fun. Uh, however, I did learn from uh, a phenomenal basketball mind and, and uh, got to be front and center and take notes and uh, be a part of uh, Coach Sampson's program at Washington State. Uh, until Kevin Eastman took over. You know? Yeah, yeah. So you you talk about uh, we'll we'll get back to that experience because I really do kind of Kevin Eastman. I had him on a while back, early on in the podcast, and that was su- such a treat and an honor all together. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll jump back into that. You but, bet. But I, I you know knowing that your dad may have been the main uh, influencer for you to go into mm-hmm. coaching. Was there anyone else or anything else that just, you know, shouted out to you? Yes, this is for you. This is your calling. This is your shtick. This is your lane. What, what was yeah. that? I think the big thing, uh, Mike, was that in my dad's era, uh, it, it was the, and I don't like this term, but I'm going to use it anyway because it's familiar, but, you know, it was the, the military style coaching, the, yeah. You know, the, the Bob Knight style. Yeah. Um, and I, I always knew in the back of my mind, there was a better way of doing it. Um, that you didn't have to yell and go crazy and, you know, um, and I knew how I felt when I was coached that way. Um, it, it wasn't fun, you know, it, like I, I got into sports. I, I, I got into playing to have a good time and, and have fun. And because it was fun, I kept playing. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is that I, I always had this in the back of my mind, but I didn't know exactly how to implement it. You know, I was like, I was like yeah, I'm positive, but I don't want to be fake. I want to be authentic with it. I don't, I don't want to um, uh, put on airs, if you will. Yeah. And it wasn't until that I, uh, the move to Dallas uh, 10 years ago that I found that structure and that was through the positive coaching alliance and my involvement with them as a trainer for the positive coaching alliance that I found the structure that I needed the foundation, if you will, that I can hang my X's and O's on. Um, but you know, the PCA did a great job of, of making it simple and, and laying out all right, it, it, positive doesn't mean you don't coach them hard. You know, yeah. uh, you can still be demanding without being demeaning. Definitely. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, because especially nowadays with the type of, uh, young people that we are encountering the gen, these last couple of generations have been so different yet, mm-hmm. yet so much alike, like every other generation in that it's a mental thing more than it is a physical thing. Oh, uh, I agree. And, and when we win the war there, the battle of the mind, uh, then we, we, we have that buy-in. 
And, and so, so I'm glad you brought up uh, Positive Coaching Alliance because I kind of wanted to uh, have you kind of run down for our listeners what exactly that is and, and what they do. Sure. Um, Positive Coaching Alliance is a nonprofit organization that was founded um, actually on the campus of Stanford University um, by a, a man by the name of Jim Thompson. And, and Jim was a uh, youth coach, a high school coach. Um, and essentially what he, he, he saw the nasty side of, of youth sports and, and wanted to make a difference. And essentially what he's done is we've partnered with elite coaches, elite athletes, um, uh, educators, business leaders to find the best practices that are most effective, um, to teach and, uh, advance the game, uh, whatever game it is you're playing in a positive way. And the, um, the organization is fantastic. It's grown leaps and bounds. Even since I joined 10 years ago, um, there's actually a central Texas chapter down your way. I think they're based in Austin, but they do a a lot of work in in San Antonio, um, LA, Bay area, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, Atlanta, New York, New England, Minneapolis, um, uh, Tampa Bay, um, there's one in Houston, one up here in, in North Texas. So it, it's, it's a nationwide movement. And um, essentially the, the, the pillars behind positive coaching are, are, are three things. There's three pillars to this. And it's getting uh, not only athletes and coaches to um, make the athletes better themselves, better their teammates, and better the game. But there's also two more lenses that we, we try and incorporate and that's parents and um, youth sports organizers or athletic directors. And um, it, it's really a, a fun thing to be a part of and, and see the positive change that we can have through athletics, uh, not only for the sport, but uh, in life in general as well. That's great because I, I it's so ironic. I just got off a phone call, uh, not probably about, hour and a half ago and it's a parent from another city not san antonio where i live and they're Mm -hmm. asking me hey can you help come in and you know help us with this then the third there's a lot of positive change that needs to be made um because my mindset's always set on okay i'm a psychology guy right so my mindset is on positive psychology negative psychology are we mentoring or are we just counseling or are we coaching like how we how are we handling this is it everything problem-based or we're just working to get better because you don't have to be broken to get better so it's like I feel like that's what you're talking about is uh, everybody involved all the stakeholders involved on making sure that that they're doing what's best and right for the kids and that sounds like a really worthy uh, cause so coach if people want to connect with the with uh, the positive coaching alliance how would they do that um, the Positive Coaching Alliance website is uh, a great resource. They have tons of free things um, for coaches and, and athletes and, and parents as well. And that's uh, positivecoach.org. And they also have uh, social media presence as well. Uh, Twitter, I believe, is Positive Coach US. And I think it's the same for Instagram, Instagram. as well. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. No, Coach, I appreciate you you kind of running that down for us because uh, I, think, I think we're always looking for resources and, and people to partner up with uh, to really have a, the impact we need to have on young people because it's uh, – some people say, well, I'm not going to see them till they're in college. I'm not going to see them till they're in high school. Wouldn't it be great to help yourself <laughs> and, be, no and be proactive, if you will, and, and, no and kind of go at it like that. So thank, thank you for sharing that. Now, Coach, you talked about your time with Kevin Eastman. And, and I think uh, just a little bit of time that I had with him and prior to that uh, was really kind of, uh, you know, had a paradigm shift in some senses. And mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like, man, if you got to spend time with him, what, what was that like? <laughs> so uh, I spent five, all five years he was at Washington State. I was, I was with him. And uh, uh, I was fortunate that um, – when he got hired, I, I worked camp for him the summer he got hired and uh, I was going to do the manager thing again. And I busted my tail and he pulled me aside one day and he says, uh, he said, man, you know, you're like working your tail off. What are you, what are you trying to do here? And I was like, I said, coach, I want to be a coach too. And he says, well, you don't need to be in the equipment room. You need to be working in my office. Wow. And uh, immediately I lit up and I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. 20 years old and, you know, I'm going to be working in the, in the basketball office at Washington state. And so this is uh mid nineties. And essentially what I did for the next five years was uh, I was his director of basketball operations without that title. I mean, yeah, yeah. That position didn't exist yeah, unless didn't. you were at, you know, uh, Duke or, or UCLA at the time. And, uh, but that's what I did. And it was phenomenal. And every day, it was just, I, I couldn't soak up enough, yeah. you know. And uh, it was like drinking from a fire hose, if you will. Wow. <laughs> you know? Great just, term. Uh, yeah, it was phenomenal, the, the amount of things that, that were coming at me. And, um, and, and, and the funny thing is, is now, in my mid-40s, I appreciate it so much more. And I can look back and go, man, that, you know, that's what coach is talking about or um you know these these the things that he was espousing at that time i was too close to it and yeah you know now now that i've matured and, and gotten older i go i find myself saying kevin eastmanisms on a <laughs> on the yeah. daily you know yeah man that's good that's actually yeah. good you know sometimes familiarity will do that to us uh like you talked about earlier about proximity with your dad uh, sometimes we're too close to the situation to really realize what's actually happening. Uh, but it serves us well, no matter what it serves us, uh, moving forward, uh, from that, from those experiences, it, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, 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 it's kind of based in the Bible, uh, where you teach kids the way they should go and they won't turn from it. And I think us as coaches and even grown men and women, uh, if we are around an environment that's conducive to our growth and development and being lifelong learners, another Kevin Eastmanism. Uh, you know, we really will grow. It'll come back here again. We'll have a total recall, if you will, of those things when we really need it the most. And so I, I feel like that's kind of the case. So coach kind of moving forward, uh, you know, you coach some high school ball at Moscow high school. What was uh what was that transition like going, you know, from, you know, being a student manager, uh, assisting Adobo, essentially, 
and then going back, you know, then going back to assisting at Washington State. What was that transition like? You know, being a head coach at a, at a young age, uh, I think for me was uh, it was phenomenal in the fact that I went into Moscow thinking I knew everything there was about basketball, <laughs> and quickly learned I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say yeah, and it was humbling. Um, I also wasn't prepared at, you know, 25 years old to deal with high school parents either. Oh. And, um, you know, knowing what I know now, I, I think um, I, I could have been far more successful at Moscow. But that, that one year, it, like I said, it, it was a swift kick in the backside for yeah. me uh, to say, you know, look, I, I, I don't know it all. I need to be a learn it all. And that's what coach was trying to get me to understand for five years at Washington state. Yeah. Um, and then to go back on the, uh, uh, as an assistant at Eastern Washington under Ray Giacoletti, um, again, it was just a phenomenal learning experience. Uh, coach Jack is a brilliant basketball mind. Um, I was working with, and, and I'd known him, uh, when he was an assistant at Washington, when I was at Washington state, yeah, and he hired a staff of guys that I knew really well, and and I was tight with, and um, it, it was a tight knit group, and so it was really fun to be a part of something, you know, and and build a program from, you know, basically scratch at that point, um, with your friends, you know, yeah, and guys you trust, and 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 you know that they've got your back, and um. You know, Mike Burns, who's now at, at Boise State, was on that staff. And uh, my good friend Ryan Orton, who's at uh, Alaska Anchorage now as an assistant. Um, we just, we had a ton of fun. And it was like Coach Jack trusted us and let us do our job. And we did it to the best we could. And, and then I left after two years. And, and two years later, they made their first NCAA Division One national tournament appearance in school history. Yeah. You know, that's amazing what you're talking about, your experience, because uh, when you're working with people that you get along with, never mind just liking them, uh, you actually get along with and there's camaraderie and a connection and relationships are being fostered and built. Man, that's that's all that's ultimate job satisfaction. And you're on a you're on a mission and time seems to fly by. Honestly, I've been there before. It's like. Man, we just can't get enough time together, man. It seems like it just keeps flying by. And even through the tough times and uh, the valleys, uh, it's still you have that support because the coaching profession is one that's not uh, so secure. Uh, so you you definitely need to be of the mindset like, man, I, I need to get out of this situation what I need to get. And right. uh, when you're around people like that, that's that sounds like just like you, you benefited so much from that. I certainly did. There's, there's no question about that. Yeah. So, um, and those guys, honestly, they, they keep me humble to this day. And we, we all kind of have a, a, a pact, if you will, that, uh, you know, if we, if we get to be too big time and, and we, you know, we forget uh, our roots, that um, <laughs> if somebody does that, uh, everybody else, you know, in line gets to punch that guy in the nose and he's got to get out of coaching. <laughs> there you go, man. It's got physical repercussions. Right? 
Right. I got right. you. I got you. So, Coach, what do you feel right now at the University of Dallas you bring to the table for Coach Samples that helps him to fulfill his vision for the program? Well, I, 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 I like your terminology there and um, because it is all about his vision. And, and I, I, you know, I recognize the record doesn't go next to my name. Yeah. It goes next to his. Yeah. And, you know, as an assistant coach, I think that's one of the, the biggest things that you've got to understand is uh, it is uh, the head coach's vision that, that you're, you're selling. And um, not only at our level uh, as a, a recruiter, but uh, we're also selling that to our current players. Yeah. And, Everything that I suggest may not be used. Um, again, another Kevin Eastmanism. He said, "Your job as an assistant coach is is to bring me nine ideas, and if I shoot down all nine, you got to come up with ten." Wow. And um, I, you know, I, I try and keep that in mind. Again, Jared's another guy. Uh, I've known Jared for, geez, Louise, uh, sixteen years now we actually recruited against each other when he was assistant at Southwestern. And, um, uh, he's one of my best friends and, yeah. and I trust the guy with my life. Um, you know, I'll lay across train tracks for him. Wow. Uh, if something were to happen to me and my wife, I would have no issues with, uh, uh, him raising my children. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that's how much I, I trust and love the guy. That's big time. And, um, uh, it, it, it creates a great environment for us because, uh, again, if I if I throw out an idea that I that I want um, or or see, I shouldn't say I want, but you know something that I see, um, if he shoots it down, I'm not offended by that. Like I get it, you know. Yeah. And however, the thing that I think is unique about Jared is, <laughs> and I love this about him, and I want to adopt this when I finally get my opportunity to to run my own. Uh, college program is he even though he may not use your idea he's always very thankful for your contribution wow and he says it on a daily and and repeat basis and that just makes me want to work harder for the guy yeah for sure because you feel like you're adding value mm -hmm. you're bringing that to the table uh because i don't know everything that we, we have vet, a vested interest in we're really going to work hard for whatever we have just kind of constructed for us. And we're told how to kind of navigate through that. We human nature says resist. It says, mm, I don't feel like my fingerprints on that. And so I really don't know if I I'll do it, but you won't have me completely. So yeah, that that's a, that's a great uh, approach that he's taking because that you are who your team is. You are who your support system is. And uh, that's great, man. That just sounds like a guy who's really uh, who's integrating everybody in, within the process. So, Coach, uh, you kind of talk about, you know, your ideas sometimes getting shot down. Um, you know, that, that that's also kind of a blow to our ego at times. Um, but so is, you know, kind of is feedback and criticism and all that. Sometimes we, we, we get told things and we're like, uh, you know, we don't know what to say in response. But how we process that's very important. So coach, how do you process feedback or criticism? Well, the feedback word is the big one there. And, you know, criticism, unfortunately, in this day and age is, is uh, taken on such a negative connotation. 
Um, it is feedback. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I try and tell my players too, is like, you know, look, it's, it's not a personal thing. It's, I want, I, I love you so much that I, I want you to be better. Um, it's the same thing I, I do with my, my two kids here. You know, I've got a, uh, almost eight year old and almost three year old. Wow. And when they, you know, when they mess up, it's like, man, I love you so much that I don't, I don't, I don't like you acting like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to correct it. Um, but that's feedback, you know, it's, it, it is, it's information. It's, it's, a, you know, it's, it's how we get better. Yeah. Um, I don't coach basketball, you know, and, and this is something I hope my players, uh, understand is I don't coach basketball. I teach basketball. I coach people. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, there's, uh, we, we can teach pe- we can give people the answers all the time and help them out of a situation with our knowledge and our, you know, here again, knowing it all. But there comes a point where you teach people how to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that to me is so important because it cuts out, you know, the idea of uh, entitlement. You're really fighting uh, that battle a lot with younger people now. And, you don't just give them the answer. You teach them how to come to terms with what they feel they need to do, the course of action they need to take, and then the realization that that change needs to take place immediately. And so, yeah, that's that's a great approach, Coach, that you, you're teaching them the game and you're teaching them, you know, life lessons through. That's phenomenal, Coach. So if, if I had to, you know, you know, had you, have you speak to a group of aspiring coaches, what kind of advice would you give them? <laughs> oh, ah, it's funny. You know, we, we've got a young guy on our staff right now, uh, who, who's a grad assistant and, uh, you know, I, I try and impart on him on a daily basis. Like, look, it's a grind. It is. Yeah. And I don't, I hate that term, but it, uh, you know, that's what resonates with, with young people today. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you gotta be a survivor in this business. And, um, I think that's the ultimate compliment that one of my former assistants at, from Moscow high school told me, he says, you, you're just a survivor and you find a way to get it done. And, you know, you're making a difference in people's lives. Um, and more importantly, to young coaches is it's not about the wins and losses necessarily. Um, sure. We want to go out and compete and, and we want to prepare our players to be successful and, and uh, to have a, an opportunity to win ball games. Like I don't know any coach in the world that's actively trying to prepare their teams to lose every game. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. that, that, that's part of it. But I yeah. think the bigger part is, it's more about the people and, and making people around you better and, and, you know, giving them an opportunity to be successful once the ball stops bouncing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very important. Making people, you know, I like what you said that right now, coach, making people around you better. Uh, it's kind of my mindset is like, let's get better every day. Uh, like you said, wins and losses. I mean, that's, I don't know. I mean, you have to manage that so that you can keep your job, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, man, what's the bigger goal? What's the bigger game in it? 
Uh, you play a big game, then you're looking at everything. You're not just looking at one uh, facet of what you're doing. And so that's huge, Coach. I like that, making everybody around you better. That's good. So, Coach, you know, we, we, we kind of – go ahead. I'm sorry about that. Well, I was just going to say, like, the crazy part about it is, you know, and, and I learned this through the positive coaching lines, is the, the most successful coaches in the world take that approach. Yeah. That, you know, it's not about uh, – I mean, it is, obviously, to a degree. It's about the skill and, and teaching the game and all that stuff. But the most successful coaches in the world, the, the people that we idolize uh, as coaches – they have that approach of, look, I'm, I'm more concerned about, you know, making uh, a young man or young woman uh, a great person yeah. over a player. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's uh, you can't sacrifice one to improve the other. In other words, don't sacrifice the person just to get to the player. Uh, I think a, a better approach is saying one is more important than the other. The the person is more important than the player because anything, like you said, post-basketball, they're still going to have a long life ahead of them. Even if they go pro, they're going to retire at 33. (laughs) What it it would be to be 33 again, Coach, right? And still be thinking about playing professionally. (laughs) uh, But you know what I mean? There's just such a long, long journey, and you got to prepare them for it. So. I really do like that. Coach, uh, so I would say, you know, you, you talked about your family. Uh, how do you manage your family time with such a busy schedule with being the recruiting coordinator and all? <laughs> I I listened to uh, Ali Farouk Manesh on, on your podcast yeah. uh, just recently, actually. And the funny thing is I was at Washington State when Ali was like early elementary school. Wow. His mom was the, the head volleyball coach there and his yeah, dad yeah, was yeah. the assistant. And um, he was actually one of my campers at, at basketball camp. Wow. But I loved what I loved what he said. And, and I, I totally agree is that, you know, there really is no such thing as balance when it comes to college coaching. Yeah, there isn't. Um, however, at my level at Division three, it's not year round like Division one. Um, I basically, you know, coach my guys. Uh, basketball-wise, I teach them the game of basketball from October 15th till the end of the season. Then I'm hands-off. Yeah, You know, I can't be on the floor with those guys in the off-season. So uh, for me personally, that's a big reason why I chose this level and I love this level is that I do, uh, in the off-season, have a lot more time with my family. And um, However, it's still a challenge. Obviously, in the summertime with recruiting, uh, getting out and seeing players over the summer. Um, it, it, it's not the easiest, but um, the, the beauty of my situation is my wife was also a college basketball coach at one point. So she understands the business. She understands the, the necessity to, to be out in the wintertime yeah. uh, every Tuesday and Friday night, you know, watching games. And, um, you know, she understands that uh, small college basketball is, is uh schedule crazy in the winter but uh um it, it, it we, we just find a way to make it work yeah. and i try to you know spend as much time with my kids as possible like tomorrow we have an off day from practice and i'm actually really looking forward to getting home <laughs> and uh being able to spend 
you know, two or three hours with, with my kids and put the phone away and say, it's, this is, this is family time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. A lot of, you know, you talk about that, having that kind of type of access and availability. Uh, there's so much to be said for that because, uh, you just, man, life is so short, so valuable. And although I, I, I don't know of anything that's lasted longer than my life. Um, you know, I, I kind of say that facetiously, but I, I really do think like time is so valuable because you never get it back. And, uh, you know, you don't ever want to miss certain moments, but it's an, it's inevitable at times. We can't all be there for everything, but it's so, so beneficial that your wife understands that your kids kind of here again, you talked about with with your dad, you know, mm-hmm. the, the example he was to you and, and how it's benefited you here again uh, to this, even to this stage in your life. And I think that'll do the same for your family. So that's, that's good stuff, coach. So I would ask you coach about, you know, kind of here again, lifelong learner, being a learn it all, not a know it all. Uh, <laughs> what have you learned about yourself throughout your career coach? Well, I've, I've definitely learned that uh, never diagnosed, what? but I know I'm ADD. uh and you know it it is a struggle i'm not gonna lie um at times i can get locked in um on a certain thing and time is just non-existent yeah um what feels like maybe five minutes could be up to three four hours and wow um the flip side of that coin is sometimes uh it, it takes a little bit for me to focus and I've yeah. really got to work at that. So uh, that's one of them. Uh, two is uh, I've also learned, again, you know, going back to my experiences as a high school head coach that I don't know it all. And yeah. I think that when I came to grips with that and I, I truly, um, I, I honestly uh, hit a point um, before, geez, Louise, this was uh, 2000. Seven, I uh, actually interviewed for the head coaching job uh, where my wife was the head coach. I was the assistant, and I didn't get it. And I, I, I hit some rock bottom there, yeah. um, and I had to come to grips with the fact that, again, I, I didn't know it all, and, and I wasn't prepared at that time to be a head coach. And um, when, I, when I did come to grips with that, man, the learning kicked in hard, and um, you know, my, my knowledge of the game accelerated and, um, you know, I, and I just said, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm blessed to do what I, I, I do for a living. I, I can still impact kids, uh, in a positive way. I still get to go to the gym and get paid to do it. You yeah. know, what, what's the problem here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Perspective, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the way I, I look at things now. And, and especially now that I, I, I work for, like I said, one of my best friends and, um, and I get to spend time with young people and, and have an, an impact in their life. And, um, yeah, it's, I, I've learned that it, it, it's not about the title. Yeah. You know, yeah, for it, sure. it's more about influence. Yeah. You know, I tell people this all the time, uh, because there's a certain, uh, for what I, in the space that I'm in, right. I've mm-hmm. got some authority and some power, right where I can uh, tell people, you do this, you do that. Uh, and as a leader, 
most of the time people think, well, I'm, I'm in charge. I'm the leader. I'm the boss. I really know how to tell people what to do. I've literally heard, heard people say that, but the reality is we've got to be servants. Uh, we have to be really mindful and intentional about how we lead in any day. I will take influence over power. I'd rather not keep your power. I'll take the influence because I can get more done with that uh, because it's genuine and authentic. Like, and like you had mentioned earlier. So yeah, mm-hmm. man, that, that's really good stuff. So coach, I asked this question to every guest because from my perspective, I think it's important. You, you know, you have kids of your own. Uh, you have young people that are kind of hanging off your every word at times, maybe, maybe not, you know, in the by and by, but you know, every once in a while, your players will hang off every word, uh, but they're hanging off every action. They watch everything you're doing. So coach, what would you want your legacy to be when your career, that's not even close to being over, but when it's all said and done, what would you want your legacy to be? Oh man, that, that's a, that's a deep question there. And, uh, I honestly, you know, being a listener of your podcast, I, I, you should have known. I've tried to give it some really hard thought and <laughs> boil it down to the simplest terms. Yeah. However, I, I think that the biggest thing is, is that, um, you know, I, I treat my players like they're my own children and, and I coach yeah. my players the way that I want my children to be coached. Yeah. And ultimately at the end of the day, I, I want, you know, my biological children, my son and my daughter, uh, I want them to be better every, every single day. And I want them to be able to say, I watched my dad work his tail off. Uh, and I want to, I want to work hard. I watched my dad be kind to others and I want to be kind to others. And I watched my dad persevere through some, some, some stuff, you know, um, I want to be tough like him. And ultimately, if, again, if somebody tells me about my own children or, or, um, my players, if they say those three things, they're, uh, they work hard, they're good people and they're tough. That's the ultimate compliment I can receive. And and I hope that that's, you know, like you said, that's the legacy that I leave is, is that my players and my children pass that on to somebody else. Coach, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it, uh, you making the time to be on. And, uh, man, good stuff, man. So, here again, look forward to keeping up with you guys this coming season uh, there at the University of Dallas. And, uh, man, here again, thank you for the time. I appreciate you, Mike, and I appreciate all that you're doing with this platform to uh, make make the profession better. And uh, and thanks so much for having me on. Uh, it's been an honor for me. No, thank you so much, Coach. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. Know that you are appreciated. So please take the time to listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach Four Seven. Here again. All of this I thank you for. Please leave a rating, subscribe, follow, leave feedback. Uh, This is your platform. So, you know, take ownership of it. And here again, you are appreciated. So thank you.